0: Welcome in to Blitz and Buckets. As always, my name is Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Jaden Kozak. Jaden, how you doing, my guy?
1: Doing well, doing well. How are you?
0: Good, good. So obviously, you guys can't see it, but I've been pledging in a fraternity lately. And last semester, I didn't rush because of grades and everything. But this was the semester, and I somehow ended up with a mullet. I had to get a mullet which was very interesting and it's all part of like with those unfamiliar with how the whole system works you're given different pledge tasks one of my pledge tasks is the betting pledge so i have to provide like certain picks for them to take and i ended up with a mullet too so it is what it is but i'm gonna do my best to rock it you know what i'm saying so okay with that let's get into some actual sports talk so, with the NBA, we'll lead off with the miserable Boston Celtics. Atrocious. My, yeah, absolutely atrocious. My proud Celtics. I'm not too proud to be a Celtics fan right now, though. Not going to lie to you. Celtics are sitting ninth in the East right now. They're on a three game losing streak. They're three and seven in their last 10 games. It's been terrible. It's been terrible. I've watched a lot of the games. It's just. I can't like it hurts to talk about, you know, but because I this is exactly where I could not imagine us at this point in the season. I was thinking top six would be worst case because even though Kemba is banged up, I've come to that realization. And I've mentioned on past podcasts, I thought with healthy, like healthy ish Kemba and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Minus the absence of a center, I thought we would finish at least sixth in the East. And there's still opportunity to do that, but it's not looking so great right now. And anything that you could observe from the games or.
1: I've just so obviously the ninth in the East does not look great, but I think one thing that does need to be taken into account is that from four, which is Indiana and 10, which is Miami, it's a game difference. Right. Pacers are 15 and 15, Heat are 15 and 17. Right. So like one wind could knock you up three, four spots right now. So the seeding, you know, isn't that big of a deal. I think once, you know, the season gets going a little bit more, you know, we're almost at the halfway point. And once we get mm-hmm. towards, I guess, April now, because of where <clears> the schedule is all different, you'll, you know, kind of have a idea of where they're going to be at. But the, the best, so the best part about What's happening right now? I can see as, a smile on your face. I don't oh, appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> as a Sixers fan, is because you all have beat up on us for the last two or three years. Like, it's been a rivalry or whatever. And a rivalry or whatever. All, yeah, I'm saying, like, it's a rivalry, and you all Gosh. have beat up on us. And we've had the issues. We've had the Brett Brown. We've had the spacing issues. We had Al Horford on our roster. You know, there were all those problems. And now it's you guys, and we're first, and we're having all the fun. And you guys can't seem to figure anything. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Like I mean watching you all blow. I think it was a twenty-four point lead to New Orleans mm-hmm. on Sunday night. Yep. Yikes. Game goes to
0: overtime. And we still like I saw something on Instagram from one of the Celtics fan pages that was like, please just take this to overtime and never do it again. Like, never do this to us again. And we took it to overtime and then there was a little optimism. And then we ended up losing the game. It's just So sad. Like, some of the main problems that I see obviously, we need a center. We need to make a move at the deadline for a center, at least. Like, I would love to see Andre Drummond. We talked a lot about that on last podcast, and I would love to see Andre Drummond. I think Miles Turner might still be in the mix. Like, I'd love to see a center on this roster. We need a center on this roster co- to compete in the East. And especially with those top teams, like the Sixers, as much as I used to say it, and the Nets and the Bucks, we need a center. It's not going to look good without one. And besides the obvious center problem, we need a distributor. Like our, one of our big problems is that we have a bunch of scoring options. Like we have a bunch of, Score first, pass second players, like Jason Tatum, elite scorer, not the best passer. Same thing with Jalen Brown. Same thing with Kemba. We need a distributor. Like, for example, one thing that I always think about is you go back to when we had Kyrie. And Kyrie was not a distributor. And we, there were statistics coming out at the time that we did better without Kyrie than we did with Kyrie. Because Kyrie, he was just another scoring option kind of getting in the way of what we were trying to do, you know? And you see that, like, in the net with the Nets, right? They've got three really good scoring options. But Harden's been distributing, you know? So somebody's got to pick up that role in Boston. And I don't think it can be Kemba. Like, he hasn't been a great distributor in the past. Like... I don't know if like an acquisition for a point guard would be a huge thing for us to do with the deadline, but somebody needs to start distributing. And if that comes through a trade, I'd like to see it. You know, I'd like to see us do something. Danny Ainge keeps saying, our GM, Danny Ainge keeps saying that he keeps going back and forth. Like we have a good roster that can make a run, but we don't have a good roster and we need improvement. Like, I don't know what Danny's doing. I lost respect for Danny Dange at the moment that there were rumors coming out that we were looking to trade Hayward and we were looking to trade Hayward, like before he was going to be let go and signed, like we were looking to trade him. And one of the packages that we had was him for Miles Turner. And I was screaming to do it, but then Danny Ainge wanted Victor Oladipo and TJ Warren in that trade as well along with Miles Turner. Like, what are you doing? Like make some intelligent trade decisions, please. Your God, or we would not be in the position that we're in right now, but it is what it is. You know, just got to roll with the punches. We got to figure something out. We need to at least trade for a center at the
1: deadline. Yeah. I think you guys, I think you guys will move for a center, but I don't think that. So obviously a lot of guys or a lot of people want to get rid of Kemba like that. And he's, you know, your biggest piece that you can use to get a solid center. Mm -hmm. He seems like the most likely person to be traded on that roster right now. But I don't think he necessarily needs to go. I just think that whatever kind of funk he's going through, I don't know, like there was an injury that he had starting the year or what's going on. But this is not the Kemba Walker that we know. And it's still taking, I mean, a year and change of adjusting from, you know, going all the way back to his UConn days where he was, you know. Always the man. Mm -hmm. He was always the primary ball handler, the primary scorer. wasn't. I mean, he was obviously asked to pass a lot as the point guard, but he didn't really use that because he didn't have guys in Charlotte for the longest time. He didn't have anybody to pass to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was looking down at Al Jefferson for the for the beginning of his career, and really had nothing towards his later days in Charlotte. So he needs to be asked to be more facilitator. I don't think you need to get rid of Kemba to get a facilitator. I think you need to make Kemba facilitate because he's still a good player. He's still, Mm -hmm. you know, borderline all-star. Yeah. And I don't think it's worth sending him out just because he's been in a funk over the last 20 games or whatever. Right. I think you need to figure out what's going on with him, figure out how to do it. You know, obviously getting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum still involved, but I think he needs to stay on the team.
0: Yeah. Like, like I was saying earlier, you see in a situation like Brooklyn's, like somebody ended up distributing the ball and that has to happen with Boston. Like, I agree with you. Maybe we don't get rid of Kemba, but somebody has to start distributing. I think Kemba is probably the most likely to start doing that because he's probably our third option, you know, besides Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. So somebody needs to start distributing, needs to be Kemba. And besides that, Not much we can do right now. So anyways, moving on from that very depressing topic, we've got Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, being released by the Rockets. Now, he was averaging a pretty average 9.6 points per game, 7.6 rebounds per game, and rumors were swirling that he wasn't happy playing behind Christian Wood. But – in my opinion, what are you going to expect at this point in your career? Like you've been let go by what seems like half of the organization, like since your Kings days and you're injury plagued and you're obviously a veteran. So I don't know why you would expect to start on a team, even like the Rockets. I don't think he deserves to start on any team in general. Do you have any differing opinions on that point?
1: I think he can provide value to some team. I don't think it's the Rockets with, you know, obviously getting rid of Harden, you know, other than John Wall, you are moving in a more youthful direction. And they're still bought into that small ball idea. And while Boogie can handle the ball and can shoot for his size, they still want to push that small ball. And he doesn't really fit that. Christian Wood fits that a lot better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Boogie – was not happy there towards the end and the Rockets wanted to push him. So it was an amicable breakup. And I still think that he can provide something to a team. I just don't know who that team is, right? Like, you know. Do you see him as I've, a starter though? I don't see him as a starter on a playoff team, obviously. And those yeah. are the teams that are going to want him because, you know, he's a veteran. He's probably right. going to be just a sign for the rest of the year type thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe he ends up, obviously like the Lakers fans are sending back the pictures of when he was in LA and, you know, bring him back because they've been unhappy with Gasol. Maybe he ends up with the Clippers. Uh, I don't, I mean, maybe, you know, obviously it would be really marketable for him to end up in Brooklyn, you know, cause I mean, in that in five years ago, that team would be ridiculous. And You're bringing in a whole bunch of all-stars or former all-stars, but I don't know if he has a place as a starter anymore, but he does provide value to a team off the bench as a rotation player.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I agree with you there. And like you said, he's going to bring that veteran presence in the locker room. So you'd love to see that, but yeah, I mean, that's even a question (laughs) as as much as
1: much of a veteran presence that DeMarcus cousins can bring. Right. And the, he has
0: had locker room troubles in the past. Like he doesn't sometimes get along too well, but We'll see what happens with Boogie. Do you think he gets signed if he were to make a call right
1: now before the season ends? I think he gets signed before the season ends. Somebody's going to take a chance on him, whether it be a team that is just looking for talent to sign or a team that's actually making a push for the playoffs and, you know, is going to use him as an important piece. I think he gets signed. Yeah, right.
0: You know, I was just thinking it's it, – you hate to see, like, the narrative of John Wall and Boogie Cousins reuniting yeah, I know. I'm so excited. That's Rockets. such a fun team. Right. Yeah, it's like it's a bummer that he had to be like he ends up being let go like you like you were we've mentioned a lot of times on the podcast or you've mentioned like it's a fun team. So like, why don't you let him play it out. But when you got a big personality like Boogie Cousins coming off the bench behind a younger guy like Christian Wood, it's not going to be good, you know, so transitioning from the Boogie Cousins talk and we're gonna move on to some Sixers talk and for that we invited in a special guest this evening Mr. Ryan Asman my college roommate how you doing my guy
2: I'm doing good I'm just happy to be on the pod
0: yeah for sure for sure right it's now honor. he's in his room which is like 20 feet the other direction so on to the Sixers so some of the most recent rumors that have come out Trade deadline is fastly approaching. And a reporter from the Philadelphia Inquirer suggested that Kyle Lowry has interest in coming to the Sixers. Ryan, would you like to see that happen?
2: Um, honestly, I don't, in my personal opinion, I'm not a fan of it. We, to get Kyle Lowry, I'd imagine we would have to give up our first round pick for next year. Tyrese Max, your first round pick this year, and probably Matisse Slybull. And doing that, we kind of suicide our whole future or like a main part of our future. And right. while it'd be nice to like see us get like, if we get Kyle Lauer, I feel like we're like a lock to definitely be in the finals. That'll be nice. But I also don't want to see ourselves be the 20, like 12 Sixers again because that was a brutal time. That was right. brutal Yeah, agreed. Not watch ourselves do that again.
0: Jaden what are your thoughts on Kyle Lowry maybe making his way to Philadelphia
1: I like the idea I think I think like obviously right now we're ready to make a push like first and this is the best we've looked in years this is time to make a push obviously Brooklyn is going to be a big roadblock in that but you add Kyle Lowry you probably have to stagger him and Simmons minutes but I don't think it's going to take that much to get him because he's on an expiring deal I think it would be something like Danny Green Maybe Maxie goes with that in a first, and you know he is an expiring deal, so maybe not even maybe not even one of those young guys. Maybe we send like an Isaiah Joe or a Paul Reed, one of those guys that's like a two way player with Danny Green to match the money and a first. I'm fine with sending that if it means we can make a push and go all in this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Personally, us Kentucky boys, we would hate to see Tyrese mm-hmm. Maxi dealt anywhere. You know, I, we would... So, but- Me and Ryan, yeah. Well, we're Kentucky boys, man. You can't, sorry, sorry. that come on. But I was here when the me and Ryan were watching the draft together, and Tyrese Maxey got drafted, and I had never seen this man so excited. Like he was screaming, "Oh my life!" Yeah, he was screaming, going, "Ryan's been a Kentucky fan his entire life." Me. Just more recently, a Kentucky fan, if I'm being honest. But I've never seen this man more happy. And I imagine you'd hate to see a man like Tyrese Maxey leave the Sixers. Dude, your, he would have home. seen
2: my face when he got the 42 points. That, <laughs> game, that was I was watching that live. I was going crazy.
0: Yeah, I bet. I bet. I mean, he's a special player. And I I agree. Like, you would hate to see a guy like Tyrese Maxey be traded for Kyle Rowery, who is it as Jaden mentioned is on an expiring deal, but you know, I could see it happening. Definitely. I think it's realistic.
2: I can see it, but I mean, Tyrese has like all of this hype behind him too. Like LeBron, like LeBron likes him. He worked out like in the draft, he in the pre-draft workouts, it was a, they only had two people per pre-draft workout and he worked out with Anthony Edwards, who was obviously a top three pick, number one pick. And It's kind of like he clearly has that potential right there. Right. To be a star in the league.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So... Let's just analyze where the Sixers are at right now. I mean, it's insane. L- sitting at the top of the East right now, they're half a game in front of the Nets. Yeah, look at Jaden getting all excited about it. Jeez. I hate to say, I hate to spew these words out of my mouth because there is a rivalry between Boston and Philadelphia, but whatever, got to move on. Anyway, they're half a game in front of the Nets right now. They're two and a half games in front of the Bucks. Ryan, I'll start with you. Do you think they can sustain this sort of production going forward?
2: Um, right now, I would believe they can. Because the last three games, Joel Embiid has been subpar from his MVP campaign. He's had under, I think, like 30 points the last three games and definitely shot it, has shot under 50% from the field goal range. And he's been slacking. And we still ended up winning two of the three games, and tonight was a blowout until we subbed our bench. And I think we can sustain it. When we go play Boston, obviously, that's going to be the real thing because, <laughs> we I mean, we've played Boston, but both times they've, they haven't had – I think it was KD. They definitely haven't had their big three healthy for both of the games. So seeing a playoff series for the chip – the Eastern Conference chip against those two teams, that'd be a playoff to game to watch. That would be insane.
0: Yeah, definitely. Jaden, move on to you. Do you think they can
1: sustain this kind of productivity going forward? I think that we are definitely – not definitely, but I think we have a very solid chance to finish first in the East as far as, like, regular season goes. I really do think Brooklyn, as of right now, is going to be a really tough matchup for us. Just – we've got the guys, like – if you really break it down, you know, you'll put Simmons on Durant and we've got enough defenders to throw at those guys. And then, you know, they don't have anybody for Embiid, but it's really, really hard to not have one of Kyrie Katie and Harden to score more than 30 in one night. It's really hard to not have that happen, especially four out of seven times, right? It's really hard to beat that team four out of seven times. So you know, I like what we're doing and I don't want to be like, well, we're doing all this and it's great, but we're not gonna to get to the final, so it doesn't matter, which is why I really want us to make a push for a guy like Lowry, or even, you know, if we look to, you know, go get a Redick back. Like I'd I'd be more than happy to get JJ Redick back for like two seconds because I'm pretty sure he's an expiring deal as well. And or even if he hits the buyout market, just go after him then. But adding shooters off the bench would really be nice. But I think I'm very confident in how we are right now. This is the most confident I've been with the Sixers team in a long time. So, definitely, very happy. Right. But you brought up a
0: good point there. Like, possibly bringing J.J. Redick back. Like, there's been rumors about Kyle Lowry. Ryan, I'll start with you. What do you think you would like to see out of the Sixers, if anything at all, at the trade deadline? What do you think they need to improve in?
2: At the trade deadline, I think, honestly, I'd like – on our bench, we got Shake Milton, who can score the ball. We have Furkan Korkmaz playing more min- a ton more minutes than Tyrese Maxey, which I really don't agree with. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see a change there, get Tyrese some more minutes, Daibu. During the trade deadline, though, Daryl Morey can work his way. He can work some magic. I would be happy if we could get Kyle Lowry extremely cheap. If we could somehow get Kyle Lowry trading a first round pick, second round and like Thibault and keeping maxi, I'd be happy with that. Or even if like it's just a straight up Maxie for Lowry trade which probably impossible, but I just really don't want to give up too much for Max, too much for Kyle Lowry at the end of the deadline cuz let's face it, he's on an expiring deal obviously and he's getting old. Giving up our future for a player that maybe has two or three more years of him being a top, like not a top, but an elite star NBA player. I just don't see it being worth it for a bunch of right. young players that have high potential.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Jaden, you already mentioned JJ Redick. Obviously we're talking about Lowry. Any other positions you'd like to see the Sixers maybe improving at the deadline?
1: Well, actually I have a question for Ryan. What would you think of a Danny Green – Maz and like next year's first for Oh,
2: I'd be 100% okay with that. I'm not a fan of Maz taking minutes away from some of these players. Yeah. I I mean, he can score the ball, but I'd much rather see us throwing Isaiah Joe or even Tyrese Maxey in there to get minutes, get experience, and especially grow as a player with this team because you have – Arguably the best center in the league there. You have a possibly defensive player of the year there that can teach them. It'll just be a learning experience for them. And Cork it's like, he's all right. He can score, but watching him play sometimes it's just hard.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So with that, I think that just about covers the Sixers talk. But Ryan Asman is indeed a Philadelphia born guy. I mean, right outside of Philly. He is Philly blood, got it running through his veins. So let's move on in the NFL and let's talk some Eagles. Now, specifically, we've had the Carson Wentz trade happen. So what are your thoughts on the Carson Wentz trade as a whole?
2: Honestly, I'm happy for him that he got to leave this trash of an organization. <laughs> this organization is, on. ever since we won that Super Bowl, it's just on a downward slope. I hope, I pray that he can thrive on the Colts. The Colts already – an amazing team. Their defense, easily top three. Their offense, they have some great offensive tools there. Jonathan Taylor, he's going to be – he's going to be – I don't, I don't want to say great yet, but he's going to be a good running back. Yeah, definitely. They're definitely going to make the playoffs, hopefully. Carson Wentz, I hope he can return to his potential MVP self on an actual functional team. I'm happy about it that he got off.
0: Yeah, me too. I love to see Carson go to, like – he just looks happy again because he was just yeah. so like you could tell he was disgruntled in Philadelphia just because he had the starting job taken away from him. He felt all that pressure.
2: I mean, the from... whole season, he had Jalen Hurts on his back, clearly. Like, why else would you draft Jalen Hurts if you don't have the thought of benching Carson Wentz? It's like, right, that mentally affects him like a lot.
0: Yeah, it's a, eventually just a confidence issue. Like, oh, you guys yeah. don't have the faith in me. So you drafted a quarterback in the second round, like Jalen Hurts, like it's kind of a shot in the gut. And that yeah. kind of just set the season for a downward spiral off the bat, you know? So. I agree. But I'm happy to, I'm happy for Carson a hundred percent. I agree with you. Like he just, he's already been in touch with a lot of the guys on the team. Like there's been banter about number 11 going back and forth. Like it's fun to see. It's fun to see Carson Wentz happy again. Yeah, I'd to
2: see
0: it. I'm curious. Just thoughts. Do you think that Wentz can return to an MVP style season, or do you think
1: that's in his past? I think MVP style season. You know, especially being put in a new situation. Not that this situation could be any worse than the situation he was put in in Philadelphia, but you know, coming in and immediately being an MVP is a little tough, but I do think that he elevates that team higher than Phillip rivers did as much as mm-hmm. Philip rivers can do at that age. He makes them, I think he puts them in there with, you know, the bills, the Ravens, maybe not the chiefs quite yet, you know, in that top upper echelon in the AFC. I also think that they kind of fleece the Eagles and, you know, not getting a guaranteed first round pick. I do think that, you know, if everything works out, then though they will end up giving up that first to Philadelphia because the it was a third and a conditional second that turns into a first if Wentz plays 75% of his snaps. So they'll probably end up sending next year's first to Philly. But they are now one of the top teams in the league, and that's that's what the great teams, the Super Bowl winning teams, do is they have to make a push and you can't just sit stagnant. We saw that this year with Green Bay. They didn't make a whole lot of moves in the offseason and they ended up having the same result as the year before. So, you know, whenever a team makes that push, I've got to commend them for that.
0: Right. Definitely agree with you there. So, another topic I want to cover with you, Ryan there's been obviously a quarterback hole in Philadelphia now that Wentz has moved on. And the obvious candidate to replace him would be Jalen Hurts moving up and starting this year. But we're rumors have been going around that maybe that's not the case, that maybe Philadelphia is going to look for a quarterback in the first round or maybe through free agency. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Um, So <laughs> Jalen Hurts, I think he's our guy. Like you got some stud wide receivers. We can take at six overall Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, but, we got those two that one of them will fall to us because you see the other guys. You see all the mocks. They're taking the other needs, quarterbacks, linemen. It's like one Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith are bound to fall for us. Jalen Hurts, while he didn't do the best, he threw for six touchdowns, four interceptions. But you got to keep in mind he's a rookie playing with absolute trash wide receivers that you, you have Travis Fulgham that, wasn't even supposed to play an NFL game this year as one of his wide receivers. And in two of the five games he played, he ended up throwing for 300 yards, which over 300, which I would find impressive coming Mm -hmm. from a rookie. And, but then you look at the quarterback prospects, Trevor Lawrence is a lock for first. I would hope Trey Lance would, I don't really know that much about him, but then you have Justin Fields, Justin Fields. I'm like, if you're on, you see you watch his tape he like he's athletic he can do all of it he does have a problem with looking at one target for only like looking down at one target which I don't like but I just don't get why we would draft a quarterback when we could get Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith which have proven to be potential stud wide receivers I mean last year we passed up on Justin Jefferson, which clearly was a mistake. So why would we pass up with another potential god tier wide receiver? I would just hate to see it. And honestly, if we don't pick a wide receiver, I would struggle to find myself being a Phillies fan. I might go to the Dolphins. (laughs) For the Dolphins, because they kind of know what they're doing. (laughs) I started rooting for them later or late in the season because of the whole quarterback situation. So I might be a Dolphins fan now.
0: Yeah. I remember that. That was like, for a while, it was just disgraceful to be a Philadelphia Eagles fan during this season. I couldn't
2: wear my Carson Wentz jersey around. (laughs) Well, I can't wear it now. Anyway, I got to get a Jalen Hurts jersey or something.
0: Right. I think I agree with a lot of the points you got there. A wide receiver in the first round would make a lot of sense. And I think that the Eagles are almost gearing themselves up for that because they released Alshon Jeffrey and It's not like Alshon Jeffery has done anything significant in the past three years. But
2: Nashawn Jackson's retired now. That's another wide receiver we planned on playing for the season. Yeah. It's round two. It's like, who else do we have, really? We had Travis Fulgham. We had JJ Arcega Whiteside. He's an absolute bust. But, right. Yeah. I think our wide receiver,
0: Greg Ward. Yeah. Greg Ward's talented. But outside that, not much going your way, you know? Nothing. But a lot of talented receivers in the draft. Oh, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Let's move on to the Eagles' outlook for the season. What do you think needs to be addressed in the offseason? What are your most important holes that need to be filled?
2: Clearly, we need to – biggest thing is fire the medical staff. If our players were healthy, we could have won the NFC East. I feel like probably wouldn't be the best thing for us, but injuries were brutal this season. Yeah made deshaun jackson retire our o-line was absolutely incompetent i mean some players ended up standing out like jordan Mulata. he was he was pretty good this season after he came in next definitely wide receivers our wide receiver core probably the worst in the league which is why i think jalen hurts is our guy threw for 300 yards in two out of five games with this absolutely trash wide receiver core and third um probably our linebackers Absolutely, like, hard to watch Nathan Gary or Jerry. I don't even want to say his name play. <laughs> he's really, he's it's brutal to watch him play, right? Yeah, right.
0: So, from an outsider's perspective, Jaden, I'm curious, what do you think the Eagles need to improve on, if anything at
1: all? I definitely think there is an improvement to be made. I think getting rid of Doug Peterson was the right move for the Eagles. You know, mm-hmm. I think his time was up. Uh, I would have liked to see them. Kind of run it back with Wentz, you know, maybe try and see if the problem was Doug Peterson with Wentz because Wentz is talented. But I definitely agree with Ryan. Uh, they should stick with Hertz at least for this year. If you, you know, if you stick with Hertz and you figure out he's not the problem, then you go to next year's draft. And then at least you've got to play, if you do go wide receiver at six, at least if Hertz isn't the guy and you draft the quarterback next year, he's walking into a much better situation than Jalen Hurts walked into. And another thing with that would be. You know, Fields, who's probably going to be the guy that they take there, is very similar to Hertz in a lot of ways where he Mm -hmm. leaves clean pockets early, sometimes looks off after the first guy or has problems looking off the first guy. But I think receiver is a big need. The secondary kind of got shored up a little bit with Slay, but he's getting uh, to be a little bit older. I think your line – both sides of the line are very good. They're aging, nonetheless. When but yeah. When healthy, and they're aging nonetheless. But I think the Eagles, unless Hurts is some generational talent, you know, next year, I think the Eagles are headed towards a rebuild. So mm-hmm. here soon, everything's gonna be in need.
2: Right. I also think the Eagles need to get rid of Howie. Howie's a, yeah, absolutely horrible. Doesn't apparently when he when we were drafting. Our, wide receiver, our pick last year, he was against getting Justin. So he's just a horrible GM that goes against almost every good thing we should do. Right. And I think he's also a big issue with the team. When we got rid of Doug, me and all my Eagle friends were all hoping that Howie was going to go with him, but clearly not. But mm-hmm. if this year is a failure, I think Howie's definitely got to go 110% and mm-hmm. I think he will go.
0: Yeah. I can see Howie almost getting fired midway through the season. You know, I would be on...
2: ecstatic if that happened. <laughs> that would be yeah. obviously the best thing to happen to the team. Right.
0: Right. Well, with that, I think that covers all the Eagles talk, but Ryan, my guy, it's good to have you on the pod, man. Thank got to have you on me. again sometime soon, it was, bro.
2: It was a blessing. It's...
0: So moving on from the Eagles talk, we got some Russell Wilson news coming out most recently. Uh, Russell Wilson's agent reported to Adam Schefter that he does not want to be traded. But if he were to be traded from Seattle, his preferences are the Saints, the Raiders, the Cowboys or the Bears. Do you think any fit there is better than the others? Anything you like out of those destinations? What are your thoughts?
1: I think honestly the Saints is the most likely to I don't I wouldn't say it's the most likely to happen, but it makes the most sense. It's a seamless fit. You go from, you know, formerly elite quarterback to currently elite quarterback. That team was just what, twelve and four, thirteen and three last year, has been a has won their division the last three or four years. Talent riddled up and down the roster. And you could send, you know, Cam Jordan and or one of your linemen, maybe Ramcheck, and a first round pick or Jameis. I think one of the packages that I saw had Taysom, but I think Jameis makes a lot more sense because that Seahawks team, it's not ready to go into a rebuild yet. Like there's still talent mm-hmm. on that roster. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, you know, trading for Taysom Hill is the answer to that.
0: Right. They're a playoff uh, team. It, yeah, they proved
1: it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, adding Jameis Winston, there's obviously a little bit of a talent drop off, but I still think that they can be a playoff team. Mm-hmm is obviously questions because you know you're going into a division with the Rams who just got a just got Matt Stafford the 49ers who are getting almost everybody back and the Cardinals who are young and continue to improve so that you're playing all them twice a year but I think the Saints are definitely the top destination as far as a fit for both teams the Raiders and the Cowboys are kind of on the same level of you know have some holes here or there the Bears The Bears are probably the second best option, then the Cowboys, then the Raiders. I think the Bears are one of those teams that's a quarterback away. You know, they've got a piece Mm -hmm. just about everywhere, even though they're losing Allen Robinson. Super Bowl defense. Yeah. But I think the Saints are definitely the best fit for us. Yeah.
0: You were talking a lot about that with Deshaun Watson. Like, it's a lot of similar stuff there, you know. You plug them in, and I think that's a 13-14 win team easily with Russell like there was a lot of there was a lot of Russell slander after that uh Rams game yeah. and especially in our group chat specifically yeah well, i don't know why there was much, like Russell Wilson is historically like one of the best quarterbacks arguably to ever live like i mean i'm he's not up. talking top i'd say 10. like
1: yeah i was about to say he's he's one of the top 5 quarterbacks playing in our game today <laughs> yeah so
0: right Exactly, and that automatic that puts him in the conversation
1: enough. I think a lot of that was coming from Lake, who's a Clemson truther, right? And Deshaun Watson being argued a lot, but yeah, it's fun to slander Russ occasionally. I have blew me like three fantasy games. <laughs>
0: I don't get it, man. I I think Russell Wilson, and I'm sure you agree with this. Like he's got plenty left in the tank. Oh and yeah,
1: definitely.
0: What he brings to a team. Hey, he could easily lead a team to the Super Bowl, given the right pieces. Yeah, you put him in Chicago. It. Yeah, you put him in Chicago. I think that's a 13-14 win team. I think the Saints would be the most successful with yeah. a guy I mean, like Russell you're, coming
1: to you're town. Putting, you're putting Russell Wilson in a better protection situation. He's He's got Armstead on at left tackle, solid middle of the line. You know, you may lose Ramchick in a trade, but the Saints could draft – you know they could go tackle you're giving him alvin Kamara. you're giving him michael thomas you're giving him taste him hill if that is anything mm-hmm. right versatile you know, guy out. you know you yeah. can plug <laughs> him in anywhere you know he's, he's just going to come in and not never play with russ but you know he'll be there <laughs> right but it's a very similar situation where you're riddled with weapons but you're in a much better protection standpoint the defense is better and you're you're in an easier division as hard as that is to say with tom brady in your division but Mm -hmm. you'll get to play the Panthers and the Falcons twice a year so that helps right right I agree with you
0: there I think the Saints are the best pick so with that let's move on to another big quarterback (laughs) controversy we got going on and it's with your humble abode Pittsburgh Steelers now Big Ben there's been like a lot of rumors swirling around I'll,
1: I'll let you take it away go ahead I don't know if you intentionally or unintentionally used the big for Big Ben. I don't know if that was intentional or what, but it was called intentional. Yeah, it's called of course intentional. intentional. Come on. Yeah. So I've seen so many reports throughout the just the last week of. okay. so we're a little iffy. We're a little wishy washy on whether we want Ben coming back. Then there was a report that Ben wants to come back and the team wants him back. Then I believe it was two days ago there was a report that there was essentially a game of chicken going on between the Steelers and Big Ben's camp of you know who's going to say something first who's going to say i want a pay cut or who's going to say or who's going to say i want a pay increase or i want the same salary or you need to take a pay cut and then today the camp Big Ben's camp said that they would be insulted if the Steelers asked them to take a pay cut for god knows why as Big Ben would be i believe i think he's the third biggest cap hit this year mm-hmm. maybe second behind my home only behind Mahomes, homes which it's not right but <laughs> having him come i want him back mm-hmm. i want him back at a seriously decreased salary but i want him back because like it's fun you know he sucks whatever it's funny haha <laughs> just, just <laughs> jokes it's all. funny it's funny <laughs> haha but he's not bad he's it's not like he's completely unserviceable Mm -hmm. he's he's good enough yeah you know with a team it's not like you know we have a very similar layout to the bears except the bears have some semblance of a running game Mm -hmm. but the bears were eight and eight and we were 12 and four granted we limped into the playoffs and went one and five in our last six games but nonetheless wait you were you were
0: what going in we were one and five
1: we were one and five in our last six yeah yeah i think i remember that
0: Yeah. I think I remember thinking this is terrible football right here.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you would know as you're a football team fan. Ah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. But I'd like to have him back, especially with the fact that we aren't in position to pick a quarterback. I think Trey Lance would be great, you know, put him under big Ben's wing, but we just aren't in a position to not address the O-line or the Mm -hmm. running game, which, you know, they help each other. We're not in a position to not – pick a lineman or a running back in that first round and unless you go trask maybe mid-second round which i'm still not a fan of because when you get a guy
0: like trask like it's basically replacing the kind of production that big ben would put out this coming season you know like i my opinion has been long-standing about quarterbacks in the nfl if you can get obviously those who, set them, those who set themselves apart from others, like the Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilsons, like in the upper echelon of quarterbacks in the league, those teams are going to be very successful easily, obviously. But if you get a serviceable enough quarterback, then your team is going to be successful if you surround them with the right pieces. Like getting a serviceable quarterback in the NFL is a hard thing to do, believe it or not. Like you look at a guy like Mitch Trubisky like not serviceable really, you know, like at times serviceable, but not serviceable. Like Carson Wentz this past year, terrible. Like big Ben is going to put up better numbers and like those kind of crapper performances, you know? So bringing a guy like big Ben back would definitely, I, I would like to see it. Like, I think it makes the most sense for you guys and but with the whole thing and him being absolutely insulted, taking yeah. a pay cut, that is I, ridiculous, bro. I
1: think that's, you know. You finished like, the season one in five. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's more so to get him a contract, like almost to scare the Steelers off. But, you know, it's not like we're some like Washington football team. We're like, you know, we don't know how to handle players and stuff like that. Like we're, we're an experienced organization. We've been six super bowls whatever
0: wow Um, that's
1: like a lot of hurtful information (laughs) in a very little bit about a time and you know so like we're not going to be scared by our franchise quarterback that's led us to two super bowls in 15 years (laughs) we're not we don't need to take care of him but I I do think he ends up taking a pay cut I really hope we don't do the old Pittsburgh Steelers we're going to sell out and win this year and we'll restructure your contract and we'll that's what's got us here the reason why we're paying him 41 million dollars this year is because we restructured him two years ago so that's what we just did with cam hayward so if we continue to sell out to win with a team that is not ready to win which unless you're trying to win a super bowl i mean what, what are you doing like mm-hmm. you, if you're not first you got to be last so right. i don't think this team is ready right now but i can't say send us to a rebuild because cam hayward's 30 stefan to 30 Big Ben is 38, yeah. you know, like we're, we're not ready to go to a rebuild either, but yeah, no, I also, don't think you also we got either. TJ Watt, you know, top two defensive player in the league about to mm-hmm. enter a contract year. Like we're not ready to rebuild, but no, I don't the roster is so. currently constructed unless we hit on some really, really good players in the draft because we can't sign any free agents because we're negative 20 something in cap. Hmm. It's, it's going to be another, especially with the schedule that we have, because of we won, we got first, we've got to play Kansas City. We've got to play Titans. We've got to play the Bills. We've got to play the NFC North. So we have, we're have we probably going to have one of the tougher schedules in the league next year and a team mm-hmm. that is not equipped to go. So honestly, if we go 10-6, and six, I'll be shocked because the way we looked coming down the stretch of this year was just so bad. It was, like, embarrassing almost.
0: Yeah. Almost. Almost embarrassing. Okay, yeah, I need to stop. Not quite embarrassing.
1: Not quite embarrassing.
0: <laughs> I need not to quite. stop
1: before I get more Washington
0: football team slander. But yeah. I like like you were saying, I don't think you guys are in rebuild mode. Like I don't think you guys should. Like as much as I love to hate on the terrible end of the season, yada yada yada. Like haha, so funny. But you guys were the best team in football for the majority of the season. You know, like, besides KC, like, you guys were undefeated. Like, it it was – the Super Bowl was on the horizon for a little bit, you know? So, you can't take a team like that and then just tear them down. Like, no. And you might as well play it out. Like, a lot of those guys, besides Big Ben, like, and his decline, like, a lot of those guys aren't going to see a whole ton of decline going in that next year, you know? So, I'd I'd like to see the Steelers keep together what they got. Well, I wouldn't like to see, but I know. Yeah. But as far as an organization moving forward, it would be the best move, you know?
1: Thanks, Kane. Yeah,
0: of course. And with that, I think that just about covers everything for this week, but we'll have a podcast out early next week. Sorry for the delay this week. Schedules have been hectic with the whole fraternity thing and school, yada, 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 but We'll have the podcast out early next week and see you then catch you later.